Welcome back to Uplifting Impact. Today I have on the line with us Edward M. Jones. Edward is from an organization that I am very, very fond of. It's the Philanthropic Partnership for Black Communities. It's an organization called AVFI. And what they do is they bring together leaders across the country who are focusing on philanthropic work and that really are being led by leaders of color. And so one of the things that I love about AbbVie is that it creates a great space to learn, to convene people, and to make sure that we are including everybody, particularly African-American issues, in our conversations. Edward's past and what he does right now is that he is the vice president of programs for AbbVie. Prior to joining Abby. He was the director of conference planning at the Council of Foundations. So he has been in this work for some time and really understands how you bring this idea of funding to the forefront and what you do to utilize it in order to bring about change. He also is just one of the kindest and most thoughtful people I have met in this space. So Edward, lovely to have you on the show. Thank you, Dan. I so appreciate being a part of this conversation and your kind words. Glad to be be with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I mean them. I, I've had the great privilege of being able to know Edward from decades, it feels like ago, but maybe not not that long, right? But at least I'd say about 10 years. Um Ish. Ish, yeah. <laughs> uh, when I was actually leading a foundation, I remember the first time I've told Edward this story many times, but the first time I came to an AVFRI gathering, I felt like, oh, like just this like sense of relief, right? I could start conversations, not at A, but I could start them all the way down further in the alphabet because there were so many people who were dealing with the same issues that I was or grappling with things or just wanted to understand things in a, in a different kind of way. And it's hard to find that community. So really like Abby, just huge part. And Edward does so much of the programming there. So it's, he's, he's the one to thank for it and, and the rest of the staff, because everybody there is awesome. Absolutely. It's village. It's so thank you for that. Yeah, of course. So Edward, what I was really hoping we could talk about today, you know, we're in this moment where people are really struggling. I mean, you and I had a conversation before we 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 pushed record about where we are emotionally and just how hard it feels and just how heavy the world feels right now. But one of the things that I truly appreciate about you and the work that you do with Appy, but also the work that you do independently, like how you post on Facebook and kind of the, the information that you give out to people who are connected to you is that you really focus on what can the future look like and how do we create positivity and how do we create change? And so what I'm hoping you could share with us is like, what do, what do you say to people right now in this moment when they're feeling heavy and feeling like, I don't know if there's anything that I could do? Yeah, well, because these conversations keep coming up in big and small circles, virtually and, and socially distanced conversations in this day and age, but still conversations around the heaviness of the time. And this is before, you know, George Floyd was, was murdered. It was before um, Breonna Taylor was killed and, 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 um, and Amory was killed. And I, I think about, I get really caught up in thinking about the fact that we've been down these roads so many times and some of us have lived through two, three or more instances of this work. We think about our elders who have really been around it. And, and so for us to kind of be ex- experience this and think, oh my gosh, this is a lot. Uh, I challenge us to think about how much of a lot it was for those before us and the, the perseverance that it took before us. And it, that is what kind of gives me this range of emotions from 
feeling heavy about this and then also thinking too that the positive that I see in it, the promise that I see in it, you know, out of the, out of the ashes, you know, there's always something better if we want it to be. And so that gives me the hope that kind of overrides the heaviness in a lot of ways. And it's a, it's a, it's a roller coaster. Every day has been a roller coaster. And if you turn on the news, then my gosh, the loops just keep getting deeper and higher and lower and the like. And so I really do think about the opportunity of um, the hope in all of it and think about the, the urgency around what we can do while we're here to, to be part of that hope. You know, you said the word roller coaster, and I was just looking through my text messages earlier this morning. I had four people use that word, mm-hmm. roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Feel like I'm on a roller coaster. And when I read it, the first person, I'm like, that's exactly what it feels like, mm-hmm. right? Like the minute you feel like, okay, you know, I can take a breath. I can, I can see then whew, here it comes again, you know, and kind of feeling like, oh yeah, how do I, how do I get, this is a ride I want to get off of. Yes. I'm not fond of roller coasters anyways. Right. But this is one yeah. I really, really, really want to get off of. Yeah. And I think one of the things that people are wondering is, well, what does that mean? Like, what, what is it that I can do? So you have a philosophy on this. That I'd love for you to share with, with our listeners about what is it when to, to answer the question, what can I do? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, so, I mean, I do have the privilege of wearing different hats. I serve on a couple of boards. I'm also a founding member of a local giving circle. And through that giving circle work, uh, we we had been connected to other giving circles, Black and other people of color giving circles. And in that space, there's these conversations around the four T's, uh, the time, talent, treasure, and that fourth T being testimony. And so, you know, working in philanthropy and for all the years I've been in and in connected philanthropy, people always think about the, the treasure part uh, mm-hmm. in that space. But then the idea of, and particularly when you're talking about people that are on the front lines doing work, that are really already doing what our ancestors used to say, making a dollar out of 15 cents, if they're lucky enough to get the 15 cents. When for any of us can give any of our time, that time becomes priceless. That's a staff person in the spirit of the work that they're doing, right? Uh, right. that they can't ill afford to pay at this time, particularly now. The talent that we have, we all have some sort of a skill or talent that we can offer up, even if it is writing a post, even if it is just re- retweeting something. You know, if you just are given the opportunity to like something on a social media platform, that gives people some of the heft that they need sometimes to show that they are a valid entity. And then the notion of testimony the idea of all of us, particularly for the folks that have any kind of spiritual connections or thought around the importance of our stories, uh, that testimony, whether it's your own journey or even lifting up someone else's journey so that they have a chance to have their story told through you to other people that could help influence and impact opportunities for that organization. Those four T's become priceless and any one of them have, uh, again, a priceless tag to them because it can really help make a difference for anyone. So I'm always lifting up the four T's every chance I can. That's great. And as somebody who has been, you know, you and I both, we've been in all these seats, we've been in the nonprofits, we've been in the for-profits, we've seen, right, all these different organizations and how they handle these things. It doesn't really matter. Those four T's, everybody has one of them and probably all four of them, right? Whether it's 15 cents or a $15 million, whether it's two hours or 10 minutes, whether, right, it's one story that's yours, whether it's 10 stories that are yours. It, but everybody has has something, right, that they could be offering. The, the challenge is, how do you get creative about that? 
Yeah. And, and part of the challenge and, and part of the opportunity in that is to really start thinking differently anyway. Right. It becomes so easy for us to get into the same ways of doing anything that we do. Our world has forced us to think differently about the routines that we once knew to be true, whether it's whether it's going down the street or getting on a plane or in a train or on a car. Because Mm -hmm. the things that we once took so easy for granted are now not that easy for us anymore. And so it's forced us to think differently. And in the midst of all this, I think we have to think differently as well around how we navigate, how we do better at what we have been tasked to do while we're here. Uh, we're talking about the heaviness of all this. And, and I mean, you have a, a not just a nation, but a world that is standing up and taking action for people they don't even know. Right. If we think about the magnitude of our desire to make a difference, to stand up and speak up for people we don't know, think about what we can do for the people that we do know. Say that one more time. Sorry, I clapped and everything, Edward. Say that one more time. No, I can't help but think about the power that shows in that. I I had aspirations that my partner was going to the Netherlands this past, um, this coming summer, next month. And while we can't go there, which was the first time to do it, I'm looking at thousands of people standing up for Black people in the United States, even in the Netherlands, where we ain't a whole bunch of us in the Netherlands already know that to be true. But the idea of the power that comes with that, if we really get the optics of that, we would really recognize just how powerful we are and how much of a difference we can make in this world because we are already standing up for each other and for people that we know, but especially people that we don't even know. But we see the pain that comes with what we have witnessed and we don't want to see that pain again. Yeah. No, that's really powerful. So one of the words that you used earlier, and you and I know this word because of our our history in philanthropy, but you said giving circle. Can you explain to some of our listeners who may not know what that is, just what that is, why you started it, you know, and maybe some of the things if you've already decided where you might be putting some funds as it relates to what's going on, uh, how you decided that, that'd be really sure, helpful. Sure. Um, so our giving circle, um, Black Benefactors, which is based in DC, we are not quite 15 years old, we're maybe approaching 15. I actually, I now forgot the, that's a shame that I forgot how old our age, but we are 15 We were created by a number of professionals in the DC area who, uh, some of whom worked at that time, they were working in philanthropy, uh, in some way involved with philanthropy. And we were working for organizations, we were giving away other people's money or involved in some way with other people's money. And we started saying, well, we can, we can do this. We can figure out a way to pool our own resources and do that. I mean, giving circles have different connotations around different cultures over the, you know, over the centuries. People have found ways. Villages have pooled resources culturally, spiritually, intellectually. They found resources to support the advancement of their village. Mm-hmm. The families have found ways to do that. So our family, our family in the air quote way of just some folks in this community, uh, predominantly Black, but they said we wanted to pool our resources. We decided to just put our money together, put it into a fund, and then use that fund to follow some of the same and some unique principles of grant-making policy, policies and practices. There are so many of them out there, so many examples of them out there. I will give a shout out to an organization that is a network of giving circles called the Community Investment Network. Okay. There are some folks uh, of color, Black folks that have created giving circles around the country um, but there are funds that exist in community foundations and the like that people have decided they're going to use to develop, to support, whether scholarship to get someone in school or keep someone in school, 
to help support a domestic violence shelter or, you know, whatever folks decide to do. And in our work, we work collectively. It's a learning and action, all volunteer network. And everybody ain't ready for all the work. Uh, but those that come together, we also, you can, again, do any of the four T's, give your time, talent, treasure, testimony <laughs> to, the, to the cause. And if you don't want, if you only want to do is give the treasure, we'll figure out what to do with it as a, as a collective and we'll advance work. And we identify organizations, particularly in this community, because we know um, Black-led organizations are, are often least funded. We right. make a really concerted effort to fund Black-led, predominantly Black-serving organizations in this community and use those resources based upon whatever we've decided to focus on, whether it's, you know, childhood education, whether it's technology or housing and the like. We ain't putting, out, we ain't putting millions together to do it, but what we got is creating millions of differences for people. So that's how we work. That's how we do it. That's amazing. And I love the idea of a giving circle because like you said, they come in all shapes and sizes, right? So I know there's a giving circle that, you know, the pay to play number is $10 Mm -hmm. and they, you know, and they have a group of people, they start off with 10 people. Then it was, you know, hundred people. Then it was a thousand people. So $10, but times a thousand people, you're talking money now. Right. And and then you, and then you got some people in the group who could do a hundred dollars and you got some people in the group who could do a thousand dollars, but they made it so that it was really accessible. And I think that it's one of those ways that as we're thinking about how we fund transformation, you know, sometimes we think like, oh, we, we have to send our money here. Or we always send our money there. Or, oh, that's something that the government will do. Or that's something that the philanthropic organizations will right. do. That's something we can do too. That's right. We have the power of our own purses, right? And how we use them. That's right. Even to the extent that it's money that's often left on the table, but a lot of folks work for organizations that do some sort of a matching fund. Right. If you are giving $1,000 to an organization every year, they may match or double or triple that money to the same organization on your behalf. And right. folks have that resource before them, but it's sometimes a foundation, sometimes it's a corporate entity, and they don't do it. And I don't understand why you don't want to give away somebody else's money again <laughs> uh, for the good of your community. That's just, that's just That should be a no-brainer. Yes. It, it doesn't require a lot of work, but it has it creates so much impact. It makes such a big difference that how could you not want to make a difference in your own community? So we've talked about giving circles. We've talked about corporate sponsorships, right? That are already exist in your organizations. Just some yeah. people don't even know the policies are there. So if you got a giving circle and you said, I get, I'm going to give $10 and then your organization said, you know what? And we are going to double whatever you've given. You just raised $30 and you didn't have to do anything except for write a $10 check, right? You know, I think that's just important. When we think about this, I think, you know, Edward and I have had conversations and I've had these conversations with other uh, funders throughout the country. It's not often that it's just a money issue, mm-hmm. but money doesn't hurt. That's right. Right? Money doesn't hurt. Mm-hmm. And so if you're sitting and you're listening and you're thinking about this, one of the big questions could be, okay, well, what can I do personally? Well, you have these two options. I mean, the other thing is, it's just the, the simplest just write the check, right? Find an organization in your community that you know is out there cleaning up the streets, um, educating young people, uh, supporting right initiatives that really do allow for us to be more inclusive, helping families who are trying to go through this and are grieving and don't know how to process you know, what's happening in our nation. Whatever it is that you are compelled right, to follow, let your check follow that too. Now, now I'm getting excited, Edward, right? Because <laughs> that's something we can all do. We can all do, absolutely. Um, yeah. And what's so, that's so important is that you can also become a catalyst for others to get on board. Absolutely. Um, 
you know, a lot of times, and I, I hear it, I see the passion. We have conversations with, with people young and old, see a need in the community, and sometimes say, I'm just going to create me my own thing. And more often than not, that thing is probably already there, and you just right. do not know about it. But if you can go and support that thing through, yeah. again, any of the four T's, including that treasure, you can help make a difference without creating another thing that does not necessarily have the same, you know, ability to grow and thrive. Because what we know to be true and what AFI has been um, doing a lot of push around is supporting particularly Black-led, Black-serving organizations. Because we just released a report recently called, you know, Redlining by Another Name that really lifts up the issues of Black-led, Black-serving nonprofits that are oftentimes not even in the anywhere near the table when funders get to talk about where they give. When they, funders oftentimes are really starting with folks with a, a six-digit a six um, you know, budget line item. And yeah. our organizations are starting well beyond that, exist well beyond that, have existed well and thrived well beyond that for years. They're not even getting a chance to get at the table. And so we're really elevating the issues of the lack of access to resources for Yes, we need we need all the resources that we can get when there's an act, an incident, when there's a national disaster, when there's some other incident that creates and a cause for activation. Right. We also need long-term strategies around policy change. We need the folks to think about yes. being engaged in new ways that oftentimes people don't want to fund. Funders don't want to necessarily fund. We want to support leadership in the next generation of folks moving. We need to look at research as it supports and moves in our communities in important ways. But that economic development piece is also another long-term, sustainable um, strategy that really serves us all well. All of our communities thrive when we're economically um, solvent and sustained. And so funders can start thinking very differently around how we give so we can really make a difference in different ways. Absolutely. And, you know, there's a couple of things I just want to pull out of what you just said. One of them is that, you know what, we are in this in this space right now where there's a lot of people who are being called to action. There's a lot of people who are right there on the front line. They're doing the work. But guess what? A lot of those organizations that are right there on the front line do not have, you know, a sophisticated fund development team and they don't have, you know, pretty brochures and they don't have some of those things that we um, typically in very traditional funding communities require. And so as an individual, what you can do that's different than what some of these larger institutions can do is you can support organizations that are doing really great work, but are never going to put, never going to have that. They're never going to have that sophistication and stuff because it's not what they value. What they value is getting out, doing the work, making the change and seeing it happen in their communities. And they'll, they're doing it with, like you said before, 15 cents, right? Well, that doesn't have to be the way and it shouldn't be the way. And so just thinking about, yeah, how we're using our money and how we're filling some of those gaps in non-traditional ways, in ways that, you know, people might not otherwise see that funding. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's so critical. I think think about a story that just happened here in DC in response to the the, the curfew and the uprising, how people are showing up and I'm going to parallel it with this issue we we're talking about here because this man saw protesters in his block that were actually wedged between two factions of military, police officers and the like. He opened his doors. He's sitting on his porch witnessing this unfold, witnessing people being arrested. He opened his doors and allowed 60 to 70 people in the evening, late evening hour, strangers into his home. They didn't know him. He didn't know them. They didn't know each other. He opened up his doors, much in the way that we saw happen with 
the Underground Railroad, people that advocate for justice and support, support groups. So I parallel that with the thought around being different in our, our thinking. We have organizations that are now doing different work in response to COVID. Folks are working from home. They're finding other ways of engagement. How are we thinking differently when there's an extra office in our, in our space that we either own or that we're renting? Could that be a space for a local nonprofit to have rent-free while your staff is working at home? That's right. money. That is a difference maker. That's a game changer for any small organization that just needs a space to not have to worry about the next month's rent. Right. How do we start thinking differently around how we're going to make a difference in our community so that we can really advance the justice that we all have in our mission statements that we want to advance? That becomes our opportunity for learning, thriving, and growing as a world and as a society. Well, I am so glad that we had this conversation. You know, one of the things I wanted to do was to have this now because people are asking that question, what can I do? And there is this opportunity to help fund this transformation, to help fund the future that we want to see, to do that, not by waiting for other organizations to do it, but to do it ourselves, to make put ourselves into this narrative and put ourselves into the solution and put ourselves in a way that helps elevate those people that often are left and, and that, that we're seeing now, right? That are on our screen, standing in between, trying to create something new, trying to forge that ground. And so I'm just so grateful that you were here with us. Edward, if people want to stay connected with you, what's the what's the best way to do that? Uh, well, I am on a lot of social media. I, maybe you could post it in the connection, but I do Absolutely. a lot of those pieces. Um, but I also have my email, ejones at abfe.org. You can reach me that way. Um, most of my other information is in there, but I would definitely give you like some of the social media pieces that you can also um, post with the podcast is on. Fantastic. I love engaging with folks. So it's <laughs> and your content's just like, seriously, so, so great. So I would encourage people to go out, find Edward. We'll make sure that we put all of the ways that we can connect with you in the show notes so that our guests can actually get there. And what I would just like to say to those of you who are listening to this episode of Uplifting Impact, first of all, thank you. Thanks for being here. We hope you enjoyed the show. We hope you learned something. We hope that you'll share and that you'll subscribe. And we hope that you will take the challenge, that you will figure out how you find those four T's, how you find your time, your talent, your treasure, right? And how you have your own testimonies or maybe the testimonies of other people that you've seen and how you lift those up to really make an impact. We will get through this, but how we get through this, if we get through this and we end up in a better spot, that is going to be based on what we choose to do in this moment how we choose to make investments of those four T's. And so I would just encourage you, be thoughtful as you're doing that. Be thoughtful, think differently about how you can do that. Because here at Uplifting Impact, we believe that when we put that inclusion, when we put that diversity, when we put that equity into the conversation, when we make investments in those spaces, that is how we change the world. Looking forward to seeing you on the next episode. Thanks. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.